We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. All right, we're talking Roquan Smith here. I mean, obviously, it's a story that's dominating the day. And me, I'm going to give you a heartfelt, emotional response. And that's why I'm glad I'm out with Hub, because he's going to be like, Gabe, check yourself. And then I get, I'm like, okay, cool. This is great. I get to actually have a logical conversation with Hub Arkish. Well, Hub, I want to play not, not for Ryan Poles. We'll get to some Ryan Poles audio in a second and his thoughts on the Roquan Smith situation. But I want to play first audio from Darnell Mooney. I think it's important to hear from a player himself talk about his teammate and what he brings to the team and how valuable he can be. So here's Darnell Mooney talking about the Roquan Smith trade request. I seen it before I even got here, so um, just drive on my way on my way here. So, but you see that all the time with uh, how uh, players, you know, just try to put heat on the you know the organization just to get a deal done, but. Um, um, it's it's nothing that I can do or anything. So I just I'm looking from a far away. Yeah, I, I, what what are your? It seems to me, Hub, when you're hearing that, Darnell Mooney just looks at it as blase, not 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 anything to take seriously. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a fair uh, reading of what he just had to say. It's interesting though that he referenced you know teams putting pressure on players to get deals done. That seems to be the opposite of what happened here. <laughs> you know, now I don't know again what's going on behind the scenes, uh, but but it's a good attitude for these kids to take because they, they again it's a business and, and we hear it time and time. Robert Quinn has been saying it for the last four or five months. Was he happy with the Khalil Mack trade with Akeem Hicks, Allen Robinson, Bilal Nichols not being back? No, he wasn't happy with any of it. But it's a business. You understand that coming in, and so you do what you can and you move on. And, and so I think from you know what you heard from Darnell Mooney is he's suggesting that we shouldn't be terribly worried about any of the other players being distracted by it. Uh, obviously, when it becomes as, as constant a topic of conversation as it is right now, it's going to be a little distracting. But uh, I, I think the fact that, that Mooney has such a level head about it gives you at least a good feeling that it shouldn't impact that much the development of all the other players and positions that they're focused on. Yeah, and I, and I, I look at Darnell, and obviously coming into to this year, He's trying to establish himself as some sort of a leader. You can tell, right? He's 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 being viewed as one of the integral pieces on the Chicago Bears offense, and it seems as though he's being vocal enough to accept that role. But but he also talked about Roquan Smith, the player. 
obviously Rokon is a special player for sure. Um, and we would love to have him, you know, working, going out there working with us. But uh, he does his thing uh, uh, in the weight room and then things is just taking condition. So whenever his deal is done, uh, he'll be, uh, be out there 100% for us. I love the way that sounds. It's because to me, when I hear the hub, it just sounds like, yeah, this is all positioning. Roquan's his own agent, and he's just working on getting the deal he ultimately wants. But he doesn't seem – Darnell Moody doesn't seem worried in the least bit. No, and again, I guess that's a good thing, although now we have to take a step back and realize that Darnell – you know, may not know that much more about what's actually going on than we do. You know, Roquan is there, uh, but I'm sure because Roquan is too classy a guy to do it that he's not walking around the building, you know, talking <laughs> smack about the guys he's negotiating with. Out. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, so I, I think that, that Roquan probably is doing as good a job as he can of trying to not let it impact his teammates. Um, but where Darnell is being possibly a little naive is that I think we all, you know, felt pretty comfortable until 48 hours ago. Yeah, they'd find a way to work this out. Uh, I'm not at all sure at this point that this is going to work out with Roquan remaining a Chicago Bear. You'd still like to see that happen. There's still a possibility uh, that can happen. But, you know, so now you got a teammate who's on the other side of the ball being asked the question, what else can he say? Yeah. You know, I think he's saying what he has to say. Um, but I'm, I'm quite sure that as the guys – you know, maybe once they go home and they're you know, either roommates or maybe they go out and get a meal or something together and start talking about it, they're aware of the possibility that, that they're at risk of losing one of their best players. And, you know, I'm sure that wouldn't make anybody happy. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Hub, I love the fact that he's not saying, hey, man, whatever happens, happens, and I'm focusing on me and making myself the best thing I could possibly be. Cause you're right. I mean, these guys have an opportunity to say whatever they want when they're in front of that microphone. And, and sometimes, you know, it is good to just hear the positivity, but when you're looking at Roquan, when he says a quote, like I wanted to be a bear for my entire career, help, help this team bring a Super Bowl back to our city. However, they left me no choice other than to request a trade that allows me to play for an organization that truly values what I bring to the table. It sounds like he feels like he was disrespected, but Ryan Poles said he he felt opposite. He felt as though the contract offered to Smith showed respect. I'll double down on what I've said before. My feelings for Roquan have, haven't changed at all. I think he's a very good football player. I love the kid. love what he's done on the field, which makes me really disappointed where we're at right now. I thought we'd be in a better situation, to be completely honest with you. In terms of our philosophy in the front office, I've always believed and always will be that we take care of our homegrown talent. We pay them, we take care of them, and, and we take care of them for what they've done and what they can be become in the future. And with this situation, we've showed respect from a, from a very early time frame. And with that said, I mean, there's, there's record-setting pieces of this contract that I knew for a fact was, I thought was gonna show him the respect that he deserves. And obviously that hasn't been the case. With that said, you know, we can't lose sight that this isn't about one player. My job is to build a roster that's going to sustain success for a long period of time. And at the end of the day, we got to do, you know, what's best for the Chicago Bears. Respect, Hub. I mean, clearly they value each other differently. How does that even change? I mean, you've been around the game long enough, Hub, where you've seen these types of things happen where the player and the organization are opposite ends. How, do, how does this 
how do they come and, and, and finally end up on the same page? Well, th- this gets to the face-to-face and, and one-on-one communication that none of us are party to, you know, because when, when you talk about respect, I don't personally view respect as, as a, a dollar sign or a number, you know, in the checkbook. I, I mean, you want to make as much as you can. Everybody absolutely does. But the fact that, that they may have different uh, valuations of what Roquan's contributions are to the football team in terms of how much he should be paid, it's not a lack of respect, you know. And 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 so in that regard, I mean, I'm trying to be really careful here and stay on the middle ground because I just don't have enough information. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but but this is one place where I'll say, you know, Roquan's just wrong. I, I mean, you know, the fact that you didn't get the offer that you want is not a lack of respect. You know, it, it's a difference of opinion. On, on, on what your performance, you know, is valued at. And it was interesting. I, I keep looking for, I, I think there is a fair amount of nuance in Ryan Pohl's words. He chooses them very carefully. Uh, I referenced earlier, uh, you know, he talked yesterday about apparently Roquan and his party don't agree. I'd love to know who Roquan's party is. You know, I mean, it's obviously either family, friends, or somebody else. I mean, you know, Poles is telling us that Roquan has not been the only one, the only voice heard in this so far, and yet we're led to believe he still doesn't have an agent. You know, we don't know that for an absolute fact, but it's everything that we've been, that's been indicated to us. Um, and there's something else that he just said in that soundbite. Roquan is a very good football player. Very good football players don't get franchise tags. <laughs> right. They don't get the highest contract at their position. They get very good contracts. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, um, uh, and, and this is why, you know, a player runs a risk when he wants to be his own representative because he has to be able to listen to all this and not take it personally and not get emotional about it. And, you know, obviously, uh, Roquan got a little personal or took it a little personally he he practically said so yesterday yeah. you know and 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 that's just that that's where i thought he had the high ground in this i thought he was doing a brilliant job of, of managing Agreed. the narrative and controlling the conversation and and i just think he made a mistake yesterday I, I think it would have been one thing to say we are so far apart that i would like permission to seek a trade and find out what my value is had he done that i would have said spot on good next move that's fine but instead, he started talking about him being mistreated and, and, and lack of respect, and, and, and he got off the point, you know. And, and so, I, and then now the Bears follow it up today by taking away the pup designation. As I said at the top, I'm still trying to figure out, uh, you know, the CBA is 476 pages, and there's conflicting information as to how these, 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 these fines can work uh, for guys who don't attend training camp and the definition of a hold-in versus a hold-out. But I know that the reason he was on the pup list was to eliminate any pressure on him to start to work and, and do the physical practice that he's trying to avoid. He doesn't want to get hurt you know, if, he, if he doesn't have the, the future contract. I understand all that. Um, now that he is off the pup list, regardless of what the CBA says specifically about it, if the team says, well, you got to practice tomorrow, and he says, well, no, and they say, why? And, and he says, because I don't want to. They can find him for that under under some you know some some terms of the, the standard player contract. Whether it's the standard number of forty thousand dollars a day for players on their rookie contracts who aren't present or not, I don't know. 
uh, you know, where the 118th of your salary base pay for missing an exhibition game comes in, I don't know. But if he is healthy and able and refuses to participate in these in these activities that are required by his contract, you have to assume that that's where the team can find him. And and so, you know, now it's a whole different negotiation because if those fines start piling up, they pile up really quick. If it is as simple as they can do the standard training camp missing uh, filings because he's available to play and not playing, uh, just by not participating through the end of training camp, he could run up $1.63 million Ooh. in fines. Um, and there is a new rule. This I know for a fact because this change in the CBA, teams used to use those fines as kind of a carrot and a stick, and they'd fine them, and then once everybody kissed and made up, they'd waive the fines. They're no longer allowed to do that. Mm. They don't have to fine him for not participating. They don't have to fine him for anything they don't want to fine him for. But once he is fined, which is obviously going to be the next step, because as they continue to try and you know negotiate where the leverage is, once he is fined, they cannot be rescinded. And so if this continues to degenerate into kind of a peeing contest and they decide to start finding him, then whatever money starts to pile up, he is never getting back, you know, and, and that's that was the whole premise of these hold-ins, that players weren't being fined because they were there. Um, but at some point, just being there but refusing to do your job has to be a finable offense. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Obviously, the Roquan Smith is dominating everything, and I think it's important. I think it's important to dissect on this level because this is a guy that is valuable to the Chicago Bears, not only in the present, but in the immediate future. When you're looking at building this roster to be one that can be competitive, not only in the NFC North but in the NFL as a as a whole. So I cannot wait to dissect this team a little bit more leading up to the Bears' first preseason game this Saturday, where we'll be talking to Alex Gold from 610 Sports in Kansas City, just to kind of pick his brain a little bit. But on the other side, we are going to do a little bit more baseball, Hub. We are going to have the opportunity to to just chat a little bit more. We got Eric at home on the other side uh, to talk some NFL before we get into some more baseball, so that's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to his take on where the Bears might finish up on that over-under 6.5, and, and then also who, what team can go from worst to first in the NFL? Who could that be? Some would say the Bears. Some would say I'm crazy. We'll find out the answer to that on the other side. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. How are things going to end up in the NFL this season? Well, fortunately for us, we get to talk to Eric Edholm. He joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book. Eric, how's it going this fine evening? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. hope you guys are as well. I don't know. It depends on how this conversation goes, Eric, because you know we're going to talk about the Bears. So that's like like the number one thing there. So let me just jump right into it. Six and a half wins. Everybody that's out there, they've already made their mark and they've already said what they feel. What's your take on the Bears' bet total of six and a half wins? Yeah, I mean, it's... With, with two contenders, I mean the the Forty Niners and Packers. Uh, so, you know you've got that. You've got a lot of things to figure out right now. Who who are the most trusted pass receivers for uh, for Justin Fields? How much has Fields grown in year? How the offensive line going to shake out? Um, and some spot on defense that that need answering. You know, was there a pass rush out to Robert Quinn and you know other things as well linebacker? So. 
you know, there's a host of questions there. Uh, I think the run game will be pretty good. I think it'll be one of the, you know, best in the league. But they got to be able to stop people and, and also play from ahead, I would think, with that kind of a formula. So I think the number is, is pretty close. You know, it may be a little higher, a little lower. But the division isn't maybe as strong as it once was. So there's an opportunity to steal a game or two against uh, you know, Lions, Vikings, and Packers. Eric, let me throw a different question at you and see if we can back into this a little bit because I've been trying to get my arms around it too. What other teams in the NFL do you think have as questionable a roster? What other teams do you think are the candidates uh, for a top five draft pick or, or even the first overall pick in the draft besides the Bears if, in fact, they are one? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are kind of down on the you know, the Atlanta Falcons, for instance. I mean, there's a lot of questions about Certainly the Texans you know, are, are a team that a lot of people, I think, are kind of wondering about, you know, just in terms of, you know, is Davis Mills for real? You know, do they have much else being on that? You know, he's in a tough situation down there, certainly. You know, so those are the, some, some of the ones that, you know, kind of immediately come to mind. I mean, I would think that, you know, you could you could make a case that the the Bears are probably a little bit above those, those teams, I think, with, with Fields giving them a chance. Seattle, certainly with their murky quarterback situation, even with some pretty good players in other spots. And then teams that last year and aren't guaranteed to improve, like the Jets and Jaguars, I think both should be better, but it never happens. Lions, everybody wants to know, you know, the, the team on the rise, and they're, they're on hard knocks this year, and Dan Campbell's kind of a fan favorite, but, you know, they got to get it done, too. We've been sort of you know, like the Browns five years ago. We were every year like, well, they're they're on the come, they're they're rising, but it really did take them a while to even get to the mountaintop, much less start climbing it. So, yeah, lots of people in Detroit. I think all those teams I mentioned are all kind of, you know, candidates to to be a, among the worst ones. But one or two injuries can obviously derail a team season. One that might have promised at one point. Of course, we're talking to Eric at home right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Hub Arkish. Eric, you know, we're talking about the Lions. First of all, I want to know your take on Aiden Hutchinson's Billy Jean because that was <laughs> that was great. By the, I even It's so funny. Everybody was talking about the beat drop when everybody started singing the chorus. And I, in, oh, yeah. in real time, I was singing along with the chorus. That's how good of a job he did. But So I want your opinion on that. But then I also want to yeah. know, how do you feel the NFC North is going to line up? One through four. What what's your take on how that's going to end? Billy Jean, I did uh, about an eight and a half. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> it's hard to prove the original, right? You know, this is. But he picked a good one. He picked one that everybody can kind of sing along. We want to know the chorus. It, it, it was a slow builder. I like that he kind of worked his way up the chorus there. Yeah, got the reaction he did. You know, the Lions, I think, will be more competitive and, and a better football team this year. How many wins it translates to, I don't really know. But they've got to win <laughs> Jameson Williams. Maybe their boss, you know, Barrage probably going to have a really good camp. I think the mystery team in the division is the Vikings. I could see them finishing anywhere from, you know, second to fourth. I mean, I, I would say they're more likely to be closer to second than last place in the division. But, again, First head coach, you know, even with her cousins, a very solid, respectable quarterback, and some good weapons like Jefferson and Cook and Thielen and all those guys. You know, they they have, they have some stride defensively. They've got offensive line issues. They've had them for, for a few years now. 
you know, we, we talked about the Bears and kind of broke down their list of questions. I mean, even with the Packers losing Devontae, losing some other pieces, Darius Smith, et cetera, having offensive line concerns, David Bakhtiari is not back yet. Elton Jenkins is still not back. You know, they're kind of waiting for those guys to get in there. Even with that, I still would put them in one and maybe say that, you know, Vikings are almost a toss-up for, for two, three, and four at that point. You know, Eric, it's interesting, and, and I, I agree with you on the Packers. They're still the team to beat, assuming that Rodgers isn't tripping at kickoff time in any games this year. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you take a Devontae Adams uh, out of that lineup when, in fact, the biggest concern or one of the biggest concerns that you heard about the Packers that was with Devontae Adams, they didn't have the second or third option. Um, yeah. You know, you, you wonder how much damage it's going to do. Robert Tanyan uh, was a big factor in the red zone who's been unable to get and stay healthy the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We don't know if David Bakhtiari's got a future at this point. And I'm not, I, I hope he does. I mean, he was the best left tackle in football when he tore that ACL. But, but we're coming up on, you know, what, 21, 22 months later. And, and you know, a full 12 months later, he couldn't get through the first quarter of the one game he tried to play. So, uh, and we don't know. I mean, I hope Elton Jenkins is having a much better re- rehab and recuperation. But we don't know about that either. So, um, yes, the Packers are the team to beat. But are they a, a contender for the number one seed in the NFC again? I think they're better on defense. I loved what they did in the first round of the draft. But I, I don't. I just don't see it, you know, with all the change that they've had up there. Yeah, I, you you hit on I think exactly the the points that will be discussed. They could have a top five defense this year. I don't know. I mean, that's that's debatable, but I think it's a really good group overall, and that's going to keep them in games. They've got two running backs they like a lot, and, and Jones, and and the word on the street is that Aaron Jones is going to catch. You know, even more passes than he has in the past. Be an Al Carr type role. You know, I mean, you know, even with guys like Marcus Colston and, and uh, Michael Thomas. I mean, there were plenty of times when when Drew Brees didn't have a, a plethora of options in recent years too. I mean, the, it's kind of the same thing. You wonder if there's almost a ceiling to what they can do. As great as Rodgers is, right? Um, at some point. You know, somebody's got to draw some some double coverage. Somebody's got to be able to catch the ball on third and eight in the fourth quarter, you know, down three, six minutes to go. And those are the kind of conversions that Devontae became known for. You could know the ball was coming to him, and, and he'd still find a way. So, is Al Lazard scary? Probably not. Good player. Not a great one. Um, Sammy Watkins, you know, is the, the mystery man. They like the the two rookies they have, Watson and, and Romeo Dubs. But go look at Aaron Rodgers' history with rookies. I think Mark Mark is rookie, even more so than Devontae Adams was his first year. So you know that that that's a factor you can overlook. But they'll find ways to throw the ball, short, quick, rhythm passing game. But if those offensive linemen aren't healthy for the course of the season, it takes a lot away from this team and it really puts Rodgers in a tough spot he's Eric at home I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Hub Arkish here till nine o'clock Eric thanks so much I know we're having some technical difficulties but thanks so much for joining us today of course joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book Hub let me ask you this is a question that I was going to ask Eric 
So, I mean, obviously there's going to be some duds from last year. Teams that were playing probably above their head, right? Like teams like Cincinnati. Um, do you feel like they're going to be back in the thick of the things come playoff time, or do you think they're going to regress? Do you think Arizona's that team? Who are some teams you feel are going to regress a little bit this upcoming season? You know, Gabe, I, I really like a few things about Cincinnati. I don't know how you don't love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, um, but I, I still see a lot of question marks on that defense. They, they've tried to upgrade the offensive line, but they've got no sure things there. Um, and I would not be shocked because of the strength of the AFC West if the Bengals didn't get back to the playoffs this year. I, I just don't see that as a complete rebuild, even though they were the AFC champs last year. Um, you know, now they're just in, in, in the quarterback and the receiver. And, 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 you know, Joe Mixon's a really good football player. There's enough to absolutely, you know, know you're going to win the first six, seven, eight games. They just win a couple and you're a factor. Um, but I, I'm not sold on that football team at all. Um, and, and I'll tell you what intrigues me. You would, uh, I think you teased, you know, before we went out to the last break, uh, who's, who's, who's the most likely worst to first. And it's funny cause I'm listening to Eric. I would not sleep on the Detroit Lions. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, let, let, let me put it to you a different way. We're always stunned by this. So have we ever going into the season had a team that we said, yeah, they're the worst of first. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. So, so you got to pick an outlier. Right? Yeah, Some team that's out there. It, it's got to be somebody who's going to surprise you. And it can't be the Bears because they weren't worst. You know, I, I think they probably will be this year, but they weren't last year. Um, you know, I look at Arizona. I've never been a Cliff Kingsbury fan. I'm not saying he's a bad football coach. I don't think there's anything special about him as a football coach. And he has continued a trend that cost him head coaching jobs in college in the NFL. It hasn't cost him yet. His teams tend to disappear in the second half of the season because at the end of the day, it's it's not that it's a gimmick offense, but it's not rooted in sound basic principles either, which tends to make it a little bit of a gimmick, and teams catch up with it after they've seen what you're doing the first half of the season. Um, defensively, you got Chandler Jones gone. I think they probably got a little weaker. And then I come to Kyler Murray, who is an incredible talent. Uh, would love to, to have a chance to work with him on my team and see what he can do. Um, but but I am not a fan of running quarterbacks when it comes to winning Super Bowls. And, and that's why I think Lamar Jackson is one of the most impressive people in the National Football League. Murray, not quite as impressive, you know, character-wise and off the field. Not a bad guy, just not as impressive as Lamar. Um, but But athletically in that same school, they do not have the passing games in their arms to be champions. I don't think, you know, and I hope they prove me wrong. Um, and that's what I love about Justin Fields is Justin Fields is not quite the uh, the runner that they are. Uh, but his arm talent is way beyond anything Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray have shown. And, and that's why I do have high hopes for him. Um, but, you know, the Cardinals are a team that. I just, I, I, to me, they're they're middle of the pack. I think they're kind of a 500 football team, which is where they've been for the most part. A couple games over, a couple games under the last few years, with Kingsbury getting off to these great starts and then unable to put together a complete season. Yeah, it's going to be tough without DeAndre Hopkins for those first six games for the Arizona Cardinals. It'll be interesting to see what Kyler Murray can bring to the table for his squad. But I'm looking at the the worst worst of first, and you you mentioned his name. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, they were a last-place team in their division last year. And so it'll be interesting to see if he can remain healthy throughout the year and how they're going to – I mean, AFC North is still going to be tough. I mean, regardless of how many games Deshaun Watson is not playing, I mean, that, that's going to be tough. And then, of course, Hub, you know I'm watching carefully the Mitch Trubisky saga in Pittsburgh <laughs> as to what's going on out there. You know I'm, I'm 
firmly watching that whole thing and what's going to go down there. I've been checking out their little uh, training camp articles that are out there. But I, but I think Baltimore can be that team, that worst to first team, if there's anyone out there. Because, I mean, obviously they're a quarterback away and Lamar Jackson being that guy. When I look at everybody else, there's no one that really sticks out in terms of being a team that can actually make that jump. And then when you're looking at Cincinnati, I mean, geez, Jamar Chase, you're absolutely right. Joe Burrow, I mean, Joe Mixon, I mean, just the weapons that they have are there. It's just, you know, it's a lot different when te- when you have an ex- a target on your back, right, Hub? Like when teams know that you're actually good and they don't think, oh, you're the Cincinnati Bengals from a decade ago, then they tend to play a little bit more seriously. And so that's going to be something interesting that's going to go on. And before we get out, go to break, I'm also curious what you think about Tennessee. I mean, that's a team that I feel like, has been hovering in, in that, that, that space of mediocrity or a little a little level above. Do you think they're eventually going to have a fall-off season, or do you think that they're going to remain in the thick of the AFC playoff race? Well, first, a few things in there, and I'm going to call you out a little bit on this. Oh, I love this. Yeah, you know, the Baltimore Ravens at 8-9, and nine, tied with the Browns at 8-9, and nine, a game and a half behind the Steelers at 9-7-1 and one, after, what, four, five, six straight playoff seasons, probably eight out of ten. That That's not a legit worst-to-first call for me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, te- I'm, re- I'm reaching there, Hub. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching. Well, I mean, technically you're right, but I, I think that we're, we're stretching the boundary of, <laughs> of, of, of you know, being fair, smart fair. on that one, you know. Um, I, I tell you what, I, I Tennessee – Mike Vrabel's a really good football coach. He gets the most out of them. I don't think they can overcome having to play half a season without Derrick Henry again. Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill held them together for the first three, four games and then started to get exposed a little bit. Uh, But then they got Henry back, and he was not the reason that they couldn't win in the playoffs. Um, And I do think the Indianapolis Colts are much improved, and I like a lot about that organization. I don't know how they're going to be impacted by losing most of their defensive coaching staff, which is now here in Chicago. Um, but they're, I mean, you know, Houston and Jacksonville aren't going to threaten these teams. And, and so, you know, you've almost got four wins locked in right there in the division. Uh, so I don't th- I don't see Tennessee coming apart. Are they going to be the first seed in the AFC again this year? Probably not, because I, I understand why they made the A.J. AJ Brown trade. Uh, but that's a big loss for them. I mean, he, he was as healthy as he had been. He had never been completely healthy for him. Was a big difference maker last year. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Traylon Burks, but uh, I, I don't think you can expect a rookie, even a first-round pick, to just step right in and be A.J. Brown. So that's a big loss. And then defensively, you know, they, they've been kind of a middling defense, and, and, and they keep adding pieces, but they don't seem to make big improvements. So um, I think I, I'll, I'll have them as one of my seven. And AFC playoff teams, but uh, you know where they fit in, in that grouping, I, I don't really know yet. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Just having a small NFL chat before we dive back into Bear football. And you know, on the other side of this, we'll have a, a tiny little break. And I don't know, I don't even know if Hub plays fantasy football, so, but I'm going to ask him and I want to know who his top two or three guys he would take. Not even from a fantasy football standpoint, but just, you know, guys that he feels like can make the biggest impact in the NFL in the upcoming season. We'll do that on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Hub Barkers. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I actually just watched a Mark Wahlberg film on Netflix. It's the new one. I'm trying to type it up as fast as I possibly can. 
It's not Spencer Confidential. Damn it. I thought I was going to come up first, Hub. Are you a big Netflix guy, Hub? Or are you, you borrow somebody else's password or what? No, no. We, we actually, we did for a while because my, all my kids had them. But then my wife got so addicted to it, she just got frustrated one day and we're paying for it too. So. She's, she's tired of your kids' suggestions coming up when you first log into, <laughs> log into Netflix. Yeah. I mean, she, she is the queen of binge watching some of these series. I, I don't. I don't watch a lot of television in general, but once the football season starts, if I see two shows a week, it's a lot. So. Okay. That's hilarious. Well, I do want you to, to chant in on, ch- chime in on something that you do do a lot, and that's obviously talk football. And for me, I'm being selfish because I want you to talk fantasy football. And do you? First of all, do you play? You know, I don't, uh, only because I have found uh, – I, I, let me rephrase that. I have – in, in company leagues with the papers I work for and some of the broadcast outlets because, uh, you know, they run these these games where, you know, you get to compete against fans or whatever, and it's a big kick for everybody. Not that it's hard, but they love beating me because I'm supposed to be the expert, <laughs> and I make that easy on them. But the reason I don't play personally, I, I get the, the fun of it, um, but invariably I get so caught up in, in, in what we're doing that by week three or week four, I realize I forgot to submit a starting lineup before kickoff, and so I'm I'm out early anyway. So you're the you're so. my you're the you're the guy I love having in my fantasy league. Exactly. The guy that doesn't set the lineup. That's perfect. Yeah, but, but I, I I I probably heard the world's record for having players in the lineup on buys. You know? That's so. great. But you got to get into one of those uh, pick 'em leagues. That that's that's where the real money is, hub. You got to go pick 'em. You just put you know whatever teams you like. You put a little ranking on them. And you win some money, and I feel like you'd be you'd be good at that. That doesn't take a long time. Well, yeah, I think I know where we're going with this, and I do spend a fair amount of time studying it. We have segments on the TV show and it, and some other stuff we do, so I probably can answer a few questions. And for whatever it's worth, in in the one company league that I did take seriously, or at least remembered to submit the lineup every, I think I won it two out of three years. Of course you I did stopped, when you paid so, attention, Hub. Of uh, course you did. Well, it's it also a little unfair, though, because I, I do have a little more, because of what I'm doing at work all week, I have a little more information. So, I'm going to text Hub at like 8 a.m. on Sunday, and I'll be like, Hub, I'm working on my pick Lee. Who should I grab in these particular ones? But I do have questions, just, to, just your thoughts on particular players. I mean, when you're looking at, so to speak, a tier one of fantasy football, there are four or five guys that fall into that ranking, and I'm curious – you know, a guy like Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, he was more of a surprise last year sitting at the top of the fantasy point totals at the end of the season. Do you feel like he's going to be able to duplicate that success now that more teams are are, are concentrating on him? Or do you think that, you know, um, that Matt Ryan is going to make a big difference as to, you know, his productivity? No, I think if he stays healthy, Gabe, he's going to have even a bigger year. And I actually had him as my number two back after Derrick Henry going into the league, going into the season last year, in part because I like the kids so much, but more than that, because of the situation that he's in. That's what the Indianapolis Colts want to do. You know, when, when that team is playing the way Frank Reich wants them to play, they're playing good defense and they get into games like we saw a few times uh, last year where they run the ball 15, 16 straight times in the fourth quarter and don't even bother throwing it. You, you know, he is in an ideal situation for a running back to be a big points guy, and he is one of the best running backs in football. So uh, I would not be shy about taking him with my first-round pick at all. I would hope he would still be there, and I got a hunch that if you're picking any later than three or four, he's probably not going to be. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
We're talking Bears all day till 9 o'clock, but, but selfishly I'm picking his brain on fantasy football. I'm sure a lot of you guys are interested in it. You mentioned Derrick Henry a second ago. I had him on all my drafts last year. Whether I picked second, third, or fourth, he was available, and I, I just assumed he would continue his reign of dominance. Have his injuries caught up with him, Hub, or do you think he's still capable of putting up some big numbers this year? Well, last year was really the first big injury, and it was one, you know, chronic, not chronic, but one traumatic injury that sat him down for eight, nine weeks, whatever it was. But then he came back ready to go with practically no practice in the playoffs. And, you know, I think that the reason I worry a little bit less about him is, is I mean, he's a manimal. He, he's, he's, what, 6'4", 250 pounds. So it's, a, you know, so you know, any running back is going to take a beating in the NFL, particularly with the number of touches that he gets. Um but because of the nature of the injury, it wasn't a wear and tear injury. It wasn't soft tissue. I see no reason to be afraid of him. I'm more curious as to who was being drafted ahead of him in your leagues, unless it was somebody who was, you know, more of a, of a wide receiver guy or a multi-purpose guy. It's uh, uh, I would have thought going into last year, coming off the you know the 2,000 yard season, that Henry would have been everybody's number one pick. Now, talk to me about other positions because I feel like that's. You know, everybody always says, "Oh, get your get your get your running backs in early because they're you know at a premium." But who are some who are some wide receivers? Like, if you were to think of your favorite wide receiver in the NFL right now, in terms of targets, who do you think is going to get the receptions and the yards and touchdowns? Obviously, more importantly, who who would be at the top of your list for receivers? Uh, for receivers, um, you know, I, I think uh, I'll give you a steal first of all because he's probably going to be there in the third, fourth. I love steals. Round. Uh, but as everybody stays away from Michael Thomas, grab him because if he's healthy, people forget that he was the best receiver in football two years ago. Um, but as far as these first rounders or these top picks, uh, you know, Jefferson in Minnesota is emerging as, as, as one of the special wide receivers. Obviously, Cooper Cup is the best receiver in football right now. Um, I mean, you look at the year he had last year, you want to talk about fantasy points. It, it was arguably the greatest wide receiver year of all time. And so, um, you know, he's certainly a possibly even, a, you know, he could be the exception where you take a receiver over a running back. Uh, um, and, and then, you know, you've got some of the usual suspects. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the the more emerging guys. I think Devontae Smith is a guy who is going to uh, really Ooh, you know, come on this year after being a little slower as a rookie last year. Um, let me see who else. Yeah, it took uh, some time for him to kind of build that rapport with Jalen. I, I could see that. Okay. Yeah, he's a guy I would keep an eye on. I think what's really interesting is you look at Green Bay – and Rodgers is going to have to find somebody. He's going to throw it to somebody, Hub. Well, and I don't. I would never, you know, use my first round pick on a rookie receiver. Um, but you get to your second or third pick, you, you have to at least think about Christian Watson because you got mm. to assume that Sammy Watkins, who's has he ever played more than nine or ten games in a season? <laughs> right. You know, Randall Cobb's not that guy anymore. Um, uh, and I'll tell you what, I. I I, I keep saying I don't think he's a number one receiver, but you know how many targets Darnell Mooney's going to get. Yep. You, you know, so uh, I, I think you have to give it a hard look. I'd look for a big bounce back year from Allen Robinson, not as a first round pick, but but a guy you really want to be aware of. Um, uh, and then I'll tell you the kid who I absolutely love. 
uh, and you don't want to do this if, in fact, you're targeting Michael Thomas. But as much as rookies scare me in fantasy, Chris Olave, I, mm. and, and, and by the way, you, you know I'm a Michigan alum, so this hurts me to the core. <laughs> you know. uh, but both him and Garrett Wilson, I, I'm, Wilson I, I, I'm not as ready to commit to because I'm just not a Zach Wilson fan, you know, and I just don't know that he's going to get the quarterback play that he needs. But I think if Jameis Winston is healthy and now you put these different targets around him that he hasn't had the first couple of years in New Orleans, uh, I could see Chris Olave, you know, being that rookie this year, kind of the way Jamar Chase was his rookie year. And then, of course, Jamar Chase, I, I think probably has to be the second. Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup have to be the first two receivers off the board, in whichever order you're more comfortable with. Listen, we, we know we know Jameis Winston loves to throw the ball, so he's got to throw it to somebody. So I think when you're talking about rookie receivers that he feels he can mold and build that rapport with, Alave got to be in that in that space. All right, last question on our fantasy football front, and it's strictly about quarterbacks. Who's your favorite quarterback in terms of statistics, yards put up, you know, fewest interceptions, most touchdowns. Who do you think that guy's going to be in the NFL this year? Well, you know, it'd be easy to go with the chalk. I mean, there's no reason to assume that Rodgers or Brady are going to take a step back. Uh, but I'm going to go Justin Herbert. It's, uh, I, I think, and, you know, Josh Allen isn't a bad way to go either. Um, I just think Herbert is a better thrower of the football than Josh Allen is. He's not going to give you the points with his legs that Allen will. Um, but, but I can see one of those 5,000-yard, 45-touchdown pass seasons coming from Justin Herbert this year. So, um, uh, you know, Rodgers is probably the safest. Although, really, you look at Rodgers' fantasy numbers last year, I'm going to guess he was not one of the top four or five quarterbacks. I'd have to go back and look, you know. So um, just in terms of piling up the stat sheet, uh, I'd probably start with Justin Herbert. I, I love it. I think Justin Herbert obviously is a guy. I mean, because you got to find those quarterbacks that you feel are going to make that big leap. Someone that's not going to go early, someone that can complement your team. And Herbert could be that guy, even though people obviously are familiar with the amount of yards and touchdowns, but with a better defense this year, it's going to give them more opportunities to have the ball. So we'll see if he'll be able to turn that into some points. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Hub Arkish. This is 670 The Score. One guy that you did not mention, Hub, is Patrick Mahomes. And the Bears... Probably you're not going to see him Saturday, but you know what? We're going to be talking to someone that has seen a lot of him. He is my co-host on Chalk Talk, speaking of Chalk, on the BetQL Network. His name is Alex Gold. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs, Royals, and Jayhawks. And so we're going to talk to him and hear his thoughts about that Kansas City team and then see what he thinks about our Chicago Bears. We'll do that on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Hub Arkish. This is 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 